Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. Please be seated. For about the last three or four weeks here at St. Michael's, we've been looking at some different words that describe Jesus, his love for us, some of the characteristics of our Lord. Today we're going to look at the word redemption and some variants of that word, the word redeemer, redeem, redeeming, some words and images that describe Jesus' great love for us. Um, I have a picture here. There we go. Something that I remember when I was a child, maybe some of you would also, uh, your mother went to the store, you went with them, and they would give you these little green S&H green stamps. Anybody remember these? How many people are glad they don't have these anymore? Yeah. My mother would ask me to sit down with a whole shopping bag full of these stamps and some books, and I'd have to lick them all or put water on them and put them all in the books. And then we would go to the, uh, the Redemption Center, the S&H Green Stamp Redemption Center, and you could turn them in and get some things. I remember going home with a cooler, like for a camper once. My wife Heidi said uh, she thought they, they got a toaster once. You redeemed it, all these worthless little stamps. You got something good. Another picture. Uh, when I was little, I also used to walk around once in a while with my friends and pick up pop bottles. Now in Michigan, you could give two cents for them, even back then. And that was a lot. And sometimes we would spend hours picking up all these pop bottles and bringing them back. One time I remember I had one on each finger and about two more, you know, and came back, these dirty, filthy bottles, and they would give you money. Uh, and um, so, I, I mean, you could get a comic book, you could get a really nice candy bar. You redeemed all the pop bottles and you got something good. Or maybe this picture, this might not be as familiar to you uh, as some other people, but you're out of money, you just need a little bit for some time, so you take a tool, you take some jewelry, some other things, you go down to the pawn shop and you bring them in, they give you some money, not a whole lot, and if you bring it back in a certain amount of time, you get your stuff back, you have to pay them a little more, but you, you have redeemed back your property. Kind of the concept of redeeming, buying something back. You all know this next picture, may, won't look like this, but it reminds me of a story of a guy who was going to uh, change some of his, I, his IRAs to Roth IRAs that he had at the bank, and so he called him on the phone to find out how to do this, and there was this answering machine, and it said, uh, click one for savings, press two for conversions, uh, press three for redeeming CDs. Finally, he talked to somebody, and he says, is this the bank or a church? <laughs> Saving, conversion, redeeming. See, the word redemption actually is a word of commerce and trade. That's its origin. And the image that the Lord Jesus is giving us from the Old Testament and the New has to do with that concept, his love for you and me. So in the Old Testament, the Lord rescues the children of Israel from Egyptian slavery, culminating in the Passover sacrifice of the perfect spotless male lamb. And the lamb's blood was painted on the door frames of their houses. 
so God would pass over their homes and not kill the firstborn of people and animals, um, both males. The Egyptians lost many firstborn males of every family and animal, every single one of them. The Israelites, on the other hand, uh, their firstborn males of both man and beast were redeemed by that blood from the lamb. And this was a picture, of course, of what Jesus, the Lamb of God, would one day do for us on the cross. But the Lord would have them relive, he would have them remember the Passover sacrifice, not just once a year on Passover, but every single time a male was born, man or beast. Exodus 13 tells us, you shall set apart to the Lord all the first, all that first opened the womb. All the firstborn of your animals that are males shall be the Lord's. Every firstborn of a donkey you shall redeem with the lamb, or if you will not redeem it, you shall break its neck. Every firstborn of man among your sons you shall redeem. And when in time to come your son asks you, what does this mean? You shall say to him, by a strong hand the Lord brought us out of Egypt from the land of slavery. So get this, the firstborn males all belong to God and we're supposed to be sacrificed to him. Yeah, even people. But you could redeem a baby boy and a few unclean animals. You could buy him back from death with a substitute sacrifice, a perfect firstborn male lamb. Just as Joseph and Mary did in the temple shortly after Jesus' birth, and because they were too poor to afford a lamb, they were allowed to either offer two doves or two pigeons. So the baby wouldn't be sacrificed because this baby was going to have a special sacrifice later on. Verse 15 in Exodus 13. For when Pharaoh stubbornly refused to let us go, the Lord killed all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both the firstborn of man and the firstborn of animals. Therefore, I sacrifice to the Lord all the males that first opened the womb, but all the firstborn of my sons I redeem. In the Old Testament, we find also another concept of redemption connected with buying and selling things to each other and to foreigners and having a way to actually get them back. Leviticus 25, 23 says, The land shall not be sold in perpetuity, which means forever. For the land is mine, for you are strangers and sojourners with me, and in all the country you possess, you shall allow a redemption of the land. It's a good stewardship principle. God owns everything. We're just managing it and caring for it. Verse 25 says, if your brother becomes poor and sells part of his property, then his nearest redeemer shall come and redeem what his brother has sold. If a man sells a dwelling house in a walled city, he may redeem it within a year of its sale. For a full year he shall have the right of redemption. So he gets to buy his house back if he wants, for any reason, within a year. The Lord also made provision that someone who sells not just their house, but fields or animals or property or a debt to survive and eat can have their property redeemed, bought back by their brother Hebrew or another close relative. And then he would pay back his brother whenever he had the chance. 
The word redemption, the concept in the Old Testament, went even further than this. An enslaved person, an indentured person, could be redeemed to freedom. Leviticus 25, 47 says, If a stranger or sojourner with you becomes rich, and your brother beside him becomes poor and sells himself to the stranger or sojourner with you, or to a member of the stranger's clan, then after he is sold, he may be redeemed. One of his brothers may redeem him, or his uncle or cousin may redeem him, or a close relative from his clan may redeem him. So we're familiar with indentured servants coming to America, sometimes working for their passage across by serving several years. Starving poor people in the past in many places of the world literally sell themselves to others who will feed and house them. People often sold their children for money. They still do. It's a lifetime arrangement. Unless you're talking about between Hebrew people. A relative could redeem you, could buy you back. And if money was actually paid for redeeming a person, buying them back, it was repaid plus a fifth of the price. There's a different use of the word redeem. Exodus chapter 21. When an ox or a bull gores a man or a woman to death, the ox shall be stoned and its flesh shall not be eaten, but the owner of the ox shall not be liable. But if the ox has been accustomed to gore in the past and its owner has been warned but has not kept it in and it kills a man or a woman, the ox shall be stoned and its owner also shall be put to death. So he was negligent, he was careless, it caused the death and he incurred the death penalty. Verse 30 says, If a ransom is imposed on him, then he shall give for the redemption of his life whatever is imposed on him. So the family of the person who is gored can insist on the execution of the owner of the ox or they can set a price on their loved one's life as restitution and take that instead. The owner's life was redeemed by a large sum of money, maybe everything that he had. Here's another way that we use the word redeem in the Old Testament. Ruth chapter 2 tells the incident of the foreign penniless widow Ruth faithfully following her mother-in-law Naomi back to Bethlehem after Naomi loses her husband and both sons. Then Ruth meets wealthy Boaz and they get some stars in their eyes. And Naomi says to her daughter-in-law Ruth, May he be blessed by the Lord whose kindness has not forsaken the living or the dead. Naomi said to her, The man is a close relative of ours, one of our redeemers. You see, Boaz was a kinsman redeemer, a relative who was legally able to buy back or redeem that land that was now for sale that once belonged to Naomi's husband and two sons. And then Naomi and then Boaz married the widow Ruth, who would become the great-grandmother of David, from whose line Jesus, the Redeemer of the world, would come. Not a coincidence. There's a very different use of the word Redeemer in the Old Testament. Job 19, one that you will find familiar. Job 19 tells us about Job, from whom God allowed Satan to take 
Job's flocks, his thousands of oxen and donkey and sheep and camels, his house, his 12 sons and daughters, and then to afflict Job's skin with a terrible disease. And Job responded, the Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. It's an answer in faith. See, the Lord had given them provisions to redeem property and animals and fields and children. But what do you do when your entire life has been taken away? Everything's gone, everything. Well, instead of cursing God and dying, as his wife suggested that he do, he do, Job's faith in the Holy Spirit led him to write, I know that my Redeemer lives, and at the last he will stand upon the earth on the last day. And after my skin has been destroyed, yet in my flesh I shall see God, whom I shall see for myself, and my eyes shall behold, and not another. The Redeemer of the world would buy back Job's life and our life from death, from eternity. The word, redeem, the word redeem was used 186 times in the scriptures. I looked them all up. The Lord redeemed his people from slavery in Egypt. They could redeem many of their firstborn animals, children. They could redeem property and people. The Lord redeemed his people after sending them away for 70 years to Babylonian captivity. And Jesus, our Redeemer, would buy back our very life and salvation from the consequences of our sin. Because of what we do, we have earned death. And he bought us back. Jesus redeemed our souls from hell. Our sin, our rebellion, our disobedience that broke God's laws, that broke his covenants, that broke his heart, that separated us from God. Satan, the ruler of this world, and we are ruled by Satan when we obey him and follow him. In the New Testament, Jesus fulfilled the role as our redeemer from sin and death and the power of the devil. Jesus bought us back. 1 Corinthians 6 says, Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own. You were bought with a price, a very expensive price, the blood of Jesus. Jesus was identified as the Redeemer of the world, even while he was in Mary's womb. Luke chapter 1 we find Zechariah the priest, father of John the Baptist, prophesied about Jesus in a canticle that we call the Benedictus. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people. He visited and redeemed his people and has raised up a horn of salvation for us. In many places in the New Testament, they identify Jesus as the promised redeemer of Israel and us and the world. A few other verses, Galatians 4. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of woman, born under law, to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. Galatians 3. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who is hanged on a tree. There was an exchange. He got our sins, we got his righteousness. First Peter 1. For you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life 
handed down to you from your ancestors, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. Maybe you heard the story of the little boy who made a boat. He designed it, he cut out the wood, he polished it, he glued it and nailed it together, he painted it, he varnished it, he made the, the mast and the sails and put it all together. It was a work of art. And so he was going to just put it on their family's mantle and he thought, let's go see if the thing floats. So he went down to the lake and kind of put it right near the edge and the wind kind of grabbed it and went along the edge of the water and suddenly the wind changed and this boat was just pushed right out into the lake. And he took a few steps into the water to grab it, but it was gone. He had built it so well, it was really sailing. And he was heartbroken. A couple months later, he was in the town walking through and he looked at the toy store and there in the front window was his boat. And so he walked in the store and he ran and he found the owner and said, you've got my boat, I want my boat back. And the owner said, I bought this boat. Somebody brought it in, I paid him a lot of money for it. If you want this boat, you're going to have to pay for it. So the boy went back and he got three or four different kind of jobs, cleaning this and fixing this. And finally he got enough money to pay for the boat and he went back and he looked in the window and the boat was there. And he walked in and paid for it and he walked home with his boat, his precious boat. He owned it twice. First he created it, he made it, and then he bought it back. Jesus bought and paid for us with his blood. First he created us, and then he bought us back and paid for us a second time by his sacrifice. We are twice his. Jesus is our redemption. Christ's death is the payment that redeems us from the debt that we owe for breaking God's laws, rescuing our, our lives, guaranteeing a place in heaven. Maybe we can sum it up in a verse from Isaiah chapter 43. But now this is what the Lord says, he who created you, Jacob, he who formed you, Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. Jesus bought you from sin, death, and the devil at a very high price. On a day when you seem like maybe the devil owns you, you cannot break, you cannot stop sinning, don't for a moment think that Jesus doesn't own you and love you. He died for you. You are his. Amen. Now may the peace of God that passes all human understanding keep our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen.